Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stumps and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts with the co-most, Spencer Simpson and Travis Grossman. One of these days, we're going to find out something to say in sync together to freak you out. Uh, <laughs> like hello jerry and just like join the collective <laughs> and, just, and throw me off my rhythm <laughs> what you need to do is throw him off his rhythm <laughs> spencer you've not seen john mulaney's most recent stand-up special and that needs to change wait he hasn't seen Kid gorgeous spencer's about to explain his john mulaney policy and i'm not going to say it for him i was watching John Mulaney yesterday. Really? Before you said yeah. you weren't super into his stand-up, but just oh, hello. I think it was because the only time you showed me stand-up was at like four in the morning and I was very sleepy. That's fair. Yeah, he's like genuinely one of the funniest people on the planet. Like, What special were you watching? Um, I don't, What was the name of the – Adam? special <laughs> uh, special guest it was one of his earlier ones that we were watching yesterday yeah it was it was from a while ago it was like the one you sound telling about um it's the one where he says like and i said no you know like a liar oh, new, in town. Town. new yeah. in town yeah new in town it was it was that <laughs> I think we both knew that instantaneously it's a little upsetting yeah but. i know his catalog <laughs> way better than any human should and i said no you know like a liar <laughs> No, you know, like a liar. Yeah, that's how he says it. Yeah. That's the first John Mulaney joke I ever heard. I was sold instantaneously. <laughs> I okay. This is my. This is. I almost said uh, uh, Mandius instead of John Mulaney. John Mulaney is Mandius. There's a fan casting for you. Um, we're talking about Watchmen later. I <laughs> I was like up super late one night as a kid. And like I was watching – it was either like a movie that I had seen before or a comedian I had seen before. There's special on Comedy Central and I couldn't fucking sleep. And then John Mulaney's New in Town came on on Comedy Central and I could not stop watching it. But at the time, I was I had like the, like the smaller crappy cable box in my room. So I wasn't able to like hit guide and see who it was. And all I knew was it was this like really – funny kind of awkward white dude in a really nice suit who said some of the funniest shit I had ever heard in my life and then I caught him again really late at night again unable to figure out who the hell he was and then several years later my brother and I were crashing in the living room at our house because our rooms just got too goddamn hot that one summer even with the AC on and again I can't fall asleep we're watching Comedy Central and like the special starts and I'm like, oh my God, I it's the guy in know. the suit. 
guide John Mulaney. You're my god. And like immediately hit record. There was immediately a shrine in your room. Yeah, immediately. Erected instantaneously. And then and then um once my family finally got Netflix, I realized oh or uh New in Town was on there. And then Comeback Kid came out, and I was like losing my fucking mind with more content. And then Oh Hello happened, and I'm pretty sure I made everybody I know watch Oh Hello at least three times that summer. There was a week where I did nothing in my free time but rewatch Oh Hello. Like that fucking special captured my mind <laughs> in a way, like. I, I, I still say regardless, like even mo- like to per- oh, fucking same. strangers, to fucking strangers. I look them in the eye and say, oh, regardless, <laughs> just like that. Actually, the same. For it. <laughs> 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 Actually, yeah, not a joke. I do. Uh, yeah. Um, Spencer, yeah. how was your week? Sorry. Jesus. No My week was pretty good. Um, so as... The two of you know, obviously, but our, our loyal listeners don't know. I had fall break this past week, and so um, I was at home, ta-da, and I spent Thursday afternoon with Jared watching It Chapter 2, which was much fun, and almost went on set. Yes. And on Saturday... Um, I spent most of the day with the two of you and Mike Doling from Dubac Discussion, and we did a trivia match, which will be um, posted on the Dubac page Sometime. eventually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we Whenever also our did... schedules are irreparable. Irrepu- irrep- that word. That I can't. Ir- no, I can't say because you can't say. I can't say irreparably. irreparably. Thank you. Whenever our schedules um, are reputably, fuck, I can't say that word now. I say that a Whenever lot. we can't get together to record an episode of Dewback. <laughs> Expect the heroes do a trivia match, which is a lot of fun. That ends in the loser having to do the outro uh, after, after having After having taken the, the last dab. dab. Courtesy of moi? Yes, courtesy yes. of uh, one Travis Grossman and First We Feast sponsor us. They won't, but that'd be cool. That you would imagine cool. what would happen. That that'll be the, that's the pinnacle of internet fame. Is you get to go on hot. Is ones. if we if any of us any of us get to go they on hot get ones. Get to go on hot ones. You know wow. who it's gonna be? It's gonna be fucking TJ. TJ's gonna be the <laughs> one that gets to go on fucking hot ones, and I'm never gonna talk to him again. What if it's Mike Doling? <laughs> That'd be a crazy freaking. I would episode. be afraid for Sean Evans' life. <laughs> like Mike would like Mike would eat the first hot sauce and be like, mm, this is like. This is like opening your mouth to the pits of hell. Uh, and that's exactly how he'd say it. And then you, he'd like... You watched the Jeff Goldblum episode, right? Uh, there's a Jeff Goldblum episode? Yeah. It was one of those uh, season finales, blown. I think. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, yes. Watching that while this... <laughs> while this watching, fucking renders. Watching that while this. Yeah, while this. <laughs> but yeah, we had lots of fun whenever Spencer was over. Yes, it was much fun. Indeed. Travis? Uh, my good friend Spencer came home and we <laughs> <laughs> moocher, yeah, right? Well, like, dude, I've been such a fucking, so Saturday happened and that discombobulated me a good bit. And then Monday, yesterday, ha- it, Monday happened, which was a ride because the Star Wars trailer came out. So like, I'm just in this whirlwind of like not knowing what day it is. 
<laughs> only knowing like this is the only anchor in my time frame right now is like it's Tuesday because I have to record Hall of Heroes. Have to. Well, like this should be the highlight of your week. It is. Same. <laughs> so, and Travis, anything else that happened spectacular for not, you? Not a bit. I'm a boring old man. <laughs> uh, Stubby, how's your week? I. Not that I'm opposed to you guys calling me Stubby on the air. I just that might be the first use of that nickname. In front I know of, on a hot microphone. I don't even think Spencer's that I'm thinking it about it. I think you're right. I'm I'm just so out of it. No, it's it, okay. Like, I'm not opposed to that nickname becoming like in the vernacular of people who listen. I just I, I think, I, I think, I think that's the right, first time Jared. someone said Stubby on the air. You're still on my phone as Stubby. Oh, y'all make my heart happy. Mm. Um, so my really good friend Spencer came home from college this weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're moochers, all of you. No original I saw, content. I saw I saw it chapter two with them, and it was quite good. Uh, Spencer held my hand during the one scene from the trailers because he got really anxious, and it I was, loved him. I did, yeah. The yeah. you know what I love? I love our like completely lacking in self consciousness ability. And we held a hand as, in the as, theater as together. Dudes. Not just you and me, but like you, me, Joel, Travis, Mike. We are all able to just be incredibly affectionate with each other. I remember the last Star Wars marathon we had here. Um, when I showed up, my dad dropped me off. Yeah. And when I came, went home the next day, he was like, you have no idea how happy it makes me that you got out of the car and the first thing you and Jared did before even speaking together was hug. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There, like, yeah. There's an unfortunate amount of... Um, self-consciousness in today's masculine world where like hugging better. someone it's definitely getting better it's what i so love taboo is it, yeah i what i like the fact is we don't do it ironically yeah no no there's a lot of guys it is getting better but it's getting better because there are some guys who started like hugging other dudes as a joke and are slowly realizing like I love you i want to hug you like oh, like this is I, nice <laughs> I, like like i love that we are like like I love that for the we are starting to live in a post handshake world. Like I like I want to get yeah. to the point where like it is as normal for me to hug another dude. You know what I mean? Just just that sheer like I fucking love you. Here's a hug. Like like Spencer and I like like it I it didn't even occur to me until later that night that you and I had a complete like mostly unironic the only irony to it being the fact that you probably weren't that scared. And maybe I'm giving you too much credit, but no, no. But I mean, I was just like, I was, I was anxious scared. because the trailer put me on edge. <laughs> well, I mean, the scene was worse than the trailer. So you had absolutely, you had every reason to be suspicious. But I just, I just love that. Um, no, it chapter two was great. Uh, we watched the uh, Schmodown Orlando live event all together. Uh, again, can't say anything about our thoughts on the match without spoiling it because this will be going. It certainly was a game of trivia. It certainly was a game of trivia. This goes up on Friday and I don't want to take a chance that anybody like listens to this on the way home from work to go watch it and I ruin it for them. Yeah. So we're not going to say anything about it. Um, it was it was 
it was a hell of a time to watch it. I'll put it that way. Um, we got to record our Revenge of the Sith audio commentary with Jason Ward. And also doing a little bit of cross promotion here on the different shows. This Sunday is the first episode of the Star Wars audio commentary series on Dubak Discussion. Yay! This Sunday, The Phantom Menace, two days from now when you guys are all hearing this, The Phantom Menace will be uploading onto this uh, Dubak Discussion podcast feed. We start the movie at the main menu. That'll be the only one we do that for. We get more, we'll get more into that as the episodes come out. You know what's going to be fucking crazy? What? We can get, before these are over, possibly, I actually don't know, I'm not 100% on this. Before these are over, we might get to a point where we can say, all right, guys, we're on the Disney Plus screen. Get ready to hit play. Think There's a part it. of me that really badly wants to have these done before November 12th. I agree. <laughs> you said that and then my mind immediately went to, I don't want to. But <laughs> I, I think we're going to be like one or two away by the time Disney Plus well, comes out. By the time Disney Plus We've, is out, I would like to us be on like fucking jedi that's what <laughs> like, i'm saying like i want to be able to like at the very least say we're on the netflix screen for the last jedi or something we'll be at the rate we're going probably around return of the jedi or force awakens yeah Hopefully. assuming we keep doing them in order but yeah which is the conversation we had um but yeah, very excited for that. Uh, hop on over to Dubak Discussion so you can figure out the drink menu for The Phantom Menace. And with that, I want to say one thing off the, before we even get into this story. I don't care who the next old man filmmaker is to have a shitty hot take. We're done with these stories. I agree. <laughs> We're done with this, but it's fucking Coppola and we have to talk about it because it's Francis Ford fucking Coppola. Yeah, but I'm I'm I I'm with you. I'm tired of reporting on these grouchy old stinkers. I agree. I'm just gonna read Coppola's quote. Uh this particular one is on deadline. Uh you can find this pretty much everywhere because it Because like cancer, it spreads. Yeah. When Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right. Because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something. Some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which is what, which I just say it is. Now, there is a legitimate argument that... Uh, studios are focusing too hard on trying to do big blockbuster films. Yes. The industry is faltering because what the fuck was that? That was coming from my hall. I, I figured that out. No, that was coming from Spencer's dungeon. Oh, I see. That's fine. <laughs> um, and not like a John Kaiser Kevin victims. Smith's dungeon. I mean like Dungeon, it puts the dungeon. lotion on its skin or it gets a hose again dungeon. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. But the, the, the industry is trying so hard to replicate lightning in a bottle with the MCU. Yeah. And it's failing miserably. Mm -hmm. And that is a true – like that is true and that's something that the industry needs to work on. And Well, that and like other studios – sorry to cut you off. Other studios have like doubled down on their franchises. Yeah, exactly. Like they've either like tried to recreate a cinematic universe or went, well, this is like, this movie is on like its fifth version 
We're gonna make eighteen more now. We're gonna make another Ghostbusters. We're gonna make another. Not even Ghostbusters. We're gonna we're, we're, that absolutely. Yeah. But like that's we're gonna a, make that's we're the first non Disney example that came to mind. We're gonna make an right. anthology Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> like shit like that, or like Mission Impossible and whatnot. We're like you know and. Well, Mission Impossible was going down and making sequels and sequels before Mission Impossible Fallout actually was from what up. I've understood one of the best action movies ever made. Like which one? The newest one, the one that has Henry oh. Cavill in it. The one that has Henry Cavill in it rocking a fucking mustache. Welcome to the club friend. Um, nice. Like that dude rocks a stash. Oh yeah. Um, especially I, in a Superman suit. Moving on. I've never, I've not seen those images, <laughs> nor have I seen the movie. But all I remember from the trailer is the scene where Henry Cavill's character like cocks his yeah. fist like a it's fucking the, shotgun. It's the best. <laughs> I haven't. I've only seen the action scenes of the movie, but like that fight in particular is just like, oh yeah. I want to know why you're like. I want to know what the logic is there. Anyway, so all that being said. If you want to look me in the fucking eye and tell me that watching a person rise above and become selfless and better is not inspiring, fuck yourself! Oh, jeez. Eat my entire ass. <laughs> like, Hon Honestly, though, like, I because we expect to learn something from cinema, how about... How to make the best of some really crappy situations. How about learning how to how deal about with trauma? How to work as a team. How, how about learning? Yeah, how to work as a team. How like, about learning how, about how to all become of the lessons better? I was taught before I turned ten years old. Literally, like some of how the, most the fuck fundamental things that a functioning member member of society is expected to know and do. We learn from these movies. Exactly. Like I. The the despicable thing, whatever you can have your bad take. The the, the superhero. I want to know what's despicable. That's the part that bothers me. That like, he didn't make any money off of them. <laughs> oh shit! I'll fucking say it. He's mad. He's jealous. Ho's mad, bro. Ho's mad. Ho's mad. <laughs> okay. I, wanna, I I find it like okay. I've never heard either of you two get this fucking heated about a story, and I wasn't expecting it from either of you. Like when I was expecting I, you to get frustrated. I wasn't expecting Spencer to say, "Eat my entire ass." Like, yeah, that, we, we that, recognize a level of rage billowing up in a young Spencer I, Simpson. Uh, I literally read that, like, read that quote, turned my phone off, set it down, like, paced around my house a couple times, just like this motherfucker. He really said this. He really said this. <laughs> Then I texted it into the group chat. And I was like, "We're talking about this," and then I paced some more, motherfucker. <laughs> well, like, and then I paced some more. I don't. The whole like, "Oh, you can't learn anything from it." Statement is so fucking if, dumb. Even that, like, if his I argument is a, from a filmmaking perspective, that's bullshit. I like. I like. It's so stupid. Like I like my brain just kind of like just control alt delete that part of the statement away. And I'm just left befuddled by "quote unquote" despicable. Yeah, like what the fuck are you talking? I was about? so angry getting to that because, like, that's what it's. Coppola says movies are despicable is the headline. So when you read the whole quote, you're ready for the despicable part. You're not ready for oh these these things. These movies indefinitely do right, like showing someone to like be better 
to rise up, to be who they are, and that's okay. Like, how the fuck do you tell somebody Black Panther isn't inspiring? How do you tell someone Captain Marvel isn't inspiring? Eat my fucking dick. How do you tell somebody, like, I I hear that, and, like, my mind, like, immediately goes to just Endgame alone. That's a whole different beast. Like, 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 I don't even mean, like, Endgame in the context of, like, it being, like, the big franchise, or not franchise, but, like, saga closer. Like, I just, I hear that and I think of Thor. Yeah. I think of Thor's story. And, like, we, we can debate Fat Thor all night long. I don't fucking care. But I think the the raw emotion and like what that what that moment in thor's life is meant to symbolize it's that it's it's that lethargy it's that depression it's him being consumed by all of his failings and that hurt and letting it control his life and that like he 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 he's so depressed and like let's call it as it is he's fucking suicidal he literally used his mythical god slaying axe as a bottle opener. Bottle opener. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, but like, that, that's funny though. And the, but like, like on the serious side of things, like, like look at that in a serious context. Like, yeah. holy shit! That's how little all this shit means to him anymore. Yeah. But like the second the opportunity to use the Infinity Gauntlet or Tony's Infinity Gauntlet comes around, Thor immediately offers up his life, like instantly. Thor is like, I'll, I'll do, do it. it. I'll do it. Knowing. He even Thor, says, please let me do yeah. it. And yeah. Thor knows how dangerous it is. He saw, he he watched Thanos char himself alive doing it the first time. When Tony says, you're in no condition to do this, Tony does not mean that simply physically. Tony can tell that Thor's trying, that Thor's attempting self-harm right in front of them. And the, I'm still worthy moment. That your depression and your hurt and your anxiety and pain don't make you less than. That is such a profound message to put in a fucking despicable kids movie. And to have everything that Thor goes through in that that one movie alone. You know, this for the most part jovial character. And like, yeah, the name is The Avengers. But... You can't tell me it wasn't hard to watch him behead Thanos in cold blood. Like, that was just so icky. Like, not because Thanos deserved mercy or anything, but because, like, Thor did it's it. It's just hard to watch. Like, Thor did it. Knowing like, Thor, like, following Thor's character, it's, it, ugh. You know, and like, and then there's one thing for Thor to have his, like, glorious, like, I shall strike thee down in the heat of battle and glorious combat. For it to go from, oh, Thanos is incapacitated, like, we took his arm, he's half, you know, he's been, like, he's gonna die regardless. He's been broiled alive, and we've taken his arm, like, you're not a threat. Thor killed him in cold blood. Yeah. Like, we watched Thor do that, and then Thor have to live with the consequences of everything. Exactly. Which is dark. So for all of that taken into consideration to watch him slowly try to pull himself out of the ashes and accept a life of being like Frigga says, you know, not who you're supposed to be, but who you really are. Not inspiring. Not a bit. Like there's just so much (laughs) going on there. Like, 
like even if you can't even if you don't consider it inspiring like how can you not recognize how that could speak to somebody else yeah and that's to say nothing of the 20 movies that lead up from like again like and I every said single last one week, of them Tony's has something story. to yeah. say every single every, one of them. every single one we could be here all night talking yeah about we could it. literally just talk about the fucking mcu yeah. all night about this i just oh okay um, dj just perked up he's like they're proving me right yeah <laughs> mcu podcast um Anywho, that's uh, uh, we've given this story more time than it deserves. Also, sure. Ken Loach doesn't like Marvel movies either. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> that's my response. <laughs> Whom's to do? <laughs> I'm being genuine. I'm going to look him up. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Let's see what what's he got. Not the Godfather. <laughs> We're taxi driver. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Mm. I'll reiterate. Who the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> before we do move on, I do want to like lighter note this story because like I said, I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. So we're going to end this type of discussion off with what James Gunn had to say on Instagram. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. And this is where the conversation on this ends. And this is uh, James uh, Gunn's post on Instagram that I'm reading directly from. Many of our grandfathers thought all gangster movies were the same, often calling them despicable. Some of our great-grandfathers thought the same of westerns and believed the films of John Ford, Sam Pacman, or uh, Peck. I know how to say the name. I don't. I I know how the name is said. I can't say it myself. And Sergio Leone were all the same. I remember a great uncle to whom I was raving about Star Wars. He responded by saying, I saw that when it was called 2001 and it was boring then. Superheroes are simply today's gangster slash gangster slash cowboy slash outer space adventures. Some superhero films are awful. Some are beautiful. Like Western and, Westerns and gangster movies and before that, just movies. Not everyone will be able to appreciate them. Even some of the geniuses. And that's okay. Hear, hear. So what James Gunn said was basically a nicer version of enjoy your bad opinion, boomer. Uh, Spencer, you're up. And moving right along. So we've got some interesting news regarding the box office uh, earnings for Joker. This coming from Vanity Fair. Joker, set to break box office records, continues to haunt Ang Lee's Gemini Man. So Todd Phillips is probably dancing in some rain-soaked steps somewhere because Joker's box office streak is now set to break more records. Specifically, the film is set to become the highest global-grossing R-rated U.S. release of all time after a $107 million weekend worldwide. It just, so as of Sunday, global, uh, Joker's global take has reached $737.5 million, um, and Deadpool, which is at... $783 million right now is the current record holder. And at the rate at the rate that Joker is going, uh, Deadline reports that Joaquin Phoenix could take Ryan Reynolds' crown soon enough. But for every box office win, there must be a loss. And with that in mind, now might be a good time for someone to check in on Ang Lee, whose Gemini man has continued to flounder <laughs> while Joker hogs all the attention. So um, basically... The Joker is doing the Joker movie is doing really well. 
Um, it, it continues to soar in the global box office, and within the next and then the approximately fifty million dollars of earnings, it will surpass Deadpool as the highest-grossing uh, R-rated movie worldwide. So earlier today, it crossed uh, two hundred and fifty million domestic. Oh, so nice! So we're only what? Uh, Oh, I can't do the math. It's got to be close. I don't. Yeah, two hundred and fifty million domestic for an R-rated movie is pretty freaking good. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention this in my slice of life because we all started uh, goofballing. Um, but I started working at AMC this week. And yeah, you did. And I, I've like just during the week, like you know, during like I, I've opened so far. And those morning hours, those af- or late morning, early afternoon hours are not hugely populated for the most part. A lot of people bought Joker tickets. Like a lot of oh, people yeah. were coming to see Joker. And that's what, like, you know, like people were like taking their afternoon off to go see Joker. The, uh, the number I'm looking at right now is 741.3 total. Wow. So it's about 40 million away. And it's like it, like it, like Spencer said at this rate, it's definitely going to cross that, which I'm not surprised, right? <clears throat> no, I I wasn't surprised. I mean, I still think that Todd Phillips is a bit of an airhead for thinking that his movie knucklehead. is the greatest, most original thing to ever grace the screen. But I still think it deserves it. It's a it's a good movie, I think. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Joker is doing remarkably well. Uh, you know, congrats to everybody involved. I'm hoping Joaquin Phoenix has some type of deal about uh, tickets sold. You know, uh, that's in Tom Hanks's contract for a lot of movies he does. Well done, Tom. Yeah, that's he, a smart move. I, I I don't know if it still is. I know he, I know he got some of the box office for Forrest Gump. That's always I think that's an option for them is always like you can either take a flat rate or you take a lower initial payout and then you get some of the box office. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of like I think Leo gets that a lot and he usually takes the box office as well. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter how low your flat rate was like after the fucking box office for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Tom Hanks could have fucking retired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like he didn't need to at that point. Um, so, uh, news that makes, uh, Travi and a Jared very happy. And Spencer. And have you played the Arkham game, Spencer? Oh, no. I forgot we were doing that one next. Whoopsie. Yes. That's what I was referring to. This is a rumor. This is a rumor. Rumor, rumor. Allegedly... There is another Arkham game in the works that will give us control of the entire Bat family. According to a new rumor, Warner Brothers, this is from comicbook.com. According to a new rumor, Warner Brothers Montreal's new unannounced Batman game is dubbed Batman Arkham Legacy and will presumably be a a cross-gen game, uh, meaning it will release on both PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Scarlet and PS5. Beyond word of the project's title is the claim that it will also let players play as the entire Bat family. Uh, lastly, the rumor uh, alleges that the Court of Owls will play an important role in the game's story, uh, something previous rumors have also mentioned. Of course, this should be taken with a grain of salt, 
but it's coming from two noteworthy, reliable sources. Uh, the rumor comes from Twitter user Sabby, a well-known industry insider who has had several correct scoops throughout 2019, uh, from the DLC roster from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, to the to nearly 50% of E3's announcements back in June. Pardon me, a hiccup. Uh, they are reliable, and they recently took to Twitter to talk about the unannounced game, noting that it is called Arkham Legacy. Uh, and then the whole thing about uh, controlling the whole Bat family. I'm curious about the nature of the timeline for this. Yeah. Um, I want to know where this ends up. If it's a WB Montreal game, it probably won't even be like... Because our Origins isn't really canon. I thought it, it was. Not, I don't think. It doesn't put enough time between itself and Asylum. To have enough things happen. Well, there's Origins is only like a few months in the Batman's career, though. Yeah, and like, but like, even still, the Asylum way is at the very least several years in. Asylum is like he is he's a vet, basically. Yeah, like he's been doing this for probably upwards of a decade. Yeah, he's like only like barely like, a year. Based not on even some things, in. I forget. I back when I was like in on the Arkham lore, it like. Based on the two games, it would hit, it was only like four or five years between them. Otherwise, based on Origins, and because Origins wasn't made by Rocksteady, a lot of people were just like, "Well, you can kind of just discount it for the story because it it makes things easier." Um, which I don't care if it's part of the part of the canon story in air quotes or not. I'm still gonna play the shit out of it. Oh, same. Um, this like back the last. They don't call it a PlayStation Direct, a state of the play, um, but it's a PlayStation Direct. Okay. Um, they we thought we were gonna get news of a Batman game because WB Montreal like put out a little like clue image that references the Court of Owls. Yeah. So everyone kind of went into this panic of like, oh god, oh no, it's happening. They're they're doing it. They're doing it. Uh, and then they didn't. And. Uh, the, I'm kind of happy they are. I'm I, especially like in the comics right now. Dick Grayson is a Talon, which yeah, is, I heard about that. Which is weird, but cool, but weird. Um, <laughs> I I can't wait for that run to finish so I can like yeah, scoop it up. It. Yeah, um, but yeah, like Court of the Owls are fucking sweet. Oh yeah, I, I love the Court of Owls. I think that's a I think that's I, a great choice for I, an Arkham style game to I, be based off of. I want to have an Arkham fight against a, t- a couple talents. Yeah, I, I want that. Um, the Arkham Origins is probably like the lowest on my list in terms of the Arkham games because it's it's just a little sticky. Like it, it's not quite as smooth as the Rocksteady ones for obvious reasons, but like. I guess I should say for obvious reasons, Arkham Origins is made by a different company than Asylum, City, and Night. Yeah. And that's why, like, it feels close enough. It's a little sticky. But... Nothing necessarily against the game, but no. it feels like Bargain Brand Arkham, it al- it also Arkham has, City. It has, like, one of the best uh, boss fights in it. The Deathstroke the fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. Who do I know? I think it was my old boss at Journeys, like got stuck on the Deathstroke fight and just never picked the game. I know back a lot up. of people that that happened to. Not like, like they could, they just couldn't beat Slade. I remember the first time I tried that fight on like 
the high, the difficulty that it takes away the counter thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so fucking hard. Oh my god, <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love the sound of this. I really want to know how much of the Bat Family is going to be available. I mean, we had pretty much all of them in night. Save for Damien. Yeah. Damien hasn't been codified quite yet. Um, but, like, but Talia's dead. Exactly. So Talia and Raish are dead. And to do Damien at this point, you have to like retcon night somehow. Or like at least tell a story past night where – Somehow Bruce Wayne and Batman are back in Arkham after both of them – after him being outed and yeah. presumed dead. Yeah. We'll get Nightwing. We'll get Tim Drake. We'll get Batgirl. Maybe Batwoman. Maybe Bat, maybe uh, 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 Red Hood. Oh, yeah. Red. Well, Red Hood's in Night. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, Spencer, you've never played the Arkham games. No, but I know the mechanic, and I really like that kind of game mechanic. The Arkham games are never something that I picked up or was able to play, Um, but I would if I could because I like Batman, and I love the the fighter game mechanic. Much fun, so... It's, oh, you'd love it. You'd absolutely love it. I mean, it pioneered that combat style. Absolutely. Right? The like, rhythm-based <clears throat> combat. So... Good. Uh, real quick here, uh, uh, quickie story just to bounce through real quick. Uh, Gal Gadot is teasing a release finally for the Wonder Woman 84 trailer. She posted a picture on uh, Instagram of this little postcard looking thing saying, oh, I said, uh, we Brazil, hashtag Wonder Woman 84 is coming to Brazil, uh, XCCXP in December. And I'm so excited to see you all. Hashtag Day of Wonder. So it sounds like a convention in Brazil is going to be the ones that get to host the trailer for Wonder Woman 84. How so. appropriate that a South American country would host the opening trailer for a movie about Amazons. Right? At least this one isn't on fire. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yet. Um, but if you ask Spencer, she is pretty hot. She is pretty hot. Again, it took me a long time to watch that movie for the second for the second go around because I was like, I just can't. My self esteem can't handle it. The fact that like Spencer's self esteem limits his ability to like look at Gal Gadot entertains the shit out of me. And she's like the only one too. I can't think of a single other. You were that way about Daisy Ridley for a long time. No, I watched the heck out of that movie. I was like, let me see her again. Oh, that, that's true. right. You that's right because you said before that Gal Gadot was like the the anti Daisy Ridley. That you were like you could not get enough of Daisy to the I, point where you couldn't stop watching Force Awakens for her. And then like <laughs> you saw Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman. And I was like, like, I can never see this again. Like she she just makes me hate myself. It's true. Uh, not good enough. <laughs> she she cute. Travis, you want to talk about some Disney Plus TV shows? Yeah, they suck. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're going to be great. Um, Disney Plus, uh, this is from Business Insider. We have a look at what these shows could potentially cost. Uh, Disney Plus's Marvel TV shows will reportedly cost up to $25 million an episode. Here's how that compares to TV's most expensive series. Oops, sorry. What did you do? I put my water bottle in the cookie <laughs> cup and it, not, and it threw him off his rhythm and he fell on you. you. Know what that means? No. Stop! Away from the cookie jar. 
That's what it means. <laughs> you know what's really funny? What? So that happened for the first time, and you changed the do back chats like icon thing to Cookie Cop for the yeah. longest time. And I was at your house for something, and Kira saw it on my phone. Yeah. And was like, had that moment of recognition where like she like I know what that is. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's a cookie jar. She's like, that's not a cookie jar. <laughs> I put my toys in that. Yeah, like that's I I knew that's what she, she was like. Yeah, I, I used that as a toy chest, and I was like, I was like, oh, I can't tell her this thing's haunted. I can't tell her this thing's haunted. <laughs> you can't She'll do that. that to her, Thank man. you for not traumatizing you're, Kira. You're welcome. But <laughs> she'll find out soon enough. Oh, when she's older, she will understand. Stop. Move away from the cookie jar. When they rule the earth. <laughs> Cookie cops rise up. <laughs> I'm telling you, at three in the morning, this thing is doing some nasty shit at the witching hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing is a portal to a hell mouth, I'm telling you. Anyway. What hour exactly is the witching hour? 3 a.m. like 3 a.m.? Okay. Yeah. Just for, for my personal reference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The show's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Hawkeye will cost, as in quotes, as much as $25 million per episode. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Variety had previously reported that the shows would be six to eight episodes long, so each series could cost between 150 and 200 million. That's, of course, assuming that every episode is exactly 25 million dollars, which isn't going to be it's the case, not likely, but and it says as much as so, like, depending on how much effects they need, you know. Disney is investing heavily in its upcoming streaming service and is projecting a 2020 original programming budget sh- short of $1 billion, according to THR. Um, Yoy. For reference, The Mandalorian is priced at $15 million an episode. Uh, and then comparing to some other really expensive uh, shows... Bloomberg first reported in August the series. Wait, I missed some stuff. Uh, app, so they're comparing it to Apple's The Morning Show for Apple TV Plus, which cost three hundred million for two seasons, which is about on par. Um, let's see, Game of Thrones. Uh, the Game of Thrones' final season cost $15 million an episode, so about $90 million, but that's only six episodes. So, it, you know. Uh, Netflix's high-budget shows like The Crown and Stranger Things cost $10 million and $8 million per episode, respectively. So they're, they're dropping some bank. On, yeah, this, it's a lot of money. But I'm sure, like, part of the... Not problem, but, like... A main concern of theirs is to make sure that it has MCU film quality in these TV shows, yeah. which I can't imagine how much stress is going to put on the teams working on these shows. It's it's going to be a lot. Especially when you have like – you're using characters like Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yeah, that that's going to be requiring so much CG. And like with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you're going to have to figure out um, Falcon's flight suit if he still yeah. uses it when he's got the shield, but you got to figure out the CG for the shield. Oh, God, I, I, I so want to see that. Physic, think, like, and it's physics-defying qualities. Like, you have to have Anthony Mackie fly, but not like Superman fly where you just 
tilt them over and put them in front of a green screen with a fist down. Yeah, you tilt yeah. them over. No, you need to you need to edit an entire flight suit onto it. Exactly. It's got to be I can't imagine. I'm pretty sure that one like leaked poster from D23 shows that Anthony Mackie's wearing the like essentially the Nick Spencer outfit from uh, oh, I haven't Fuck. You're talking to me about something from months ago, man. I don't remember shit. shit. What the fuck? The fucking outfit. I forgot the word outfit. Oh my god. I'm okay. Um, sorry about that. I had a mini stroke there, but yeah, no, I'm just so excited for all these shows, and you know, I'm 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 happy to hear that Disney is not uh, pinching any pennies when it comes to making these shows happen. Which I didn't think they would. Like it's not, no, they recognize no. that, that there's going to be a level of quality ne- needed here. Yeah, like they they know they're going to make the money back regardless. There's no reason. Regardless. Regardless. I almost regardless. said it. I almost said it. <laughs> uh, not that that would be a problem. Sweet it would have been very on She's color. working at the five and nine. cocaine. Snorking. We both love to do cocaine. Cocaine. Oh my gosh. Now we're going to be here for the next hour. Don't forget Steely Dan. Oh, Steely. One of the I remember spitting out my soda watching that for the first time. Where like they keep fucking referencing Steely Dan, and then John Mulaney's character looks out at the stage, and he's just like, he's like, you guys know who Steely Dan is, right? Because this show requires that you understand a lot about Steely Doll. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew. <laughs> I remember because Logan and I share a Spotify account. I they, like at one point he was listening to Steely Dan, and I lost my shit for no good reason. And I just immediately like started texting him like fucking oh hello quotes until he realized why I was. Because <laughs> he didn't even realize he was listening to Steely Dan. Oh hello! All right, boys. <laughs> Travis went to go get a Mountain Dew in the during our oh hello splurge. <laughs> All right, so. let's let's move right along yeah. to our next, next story. One. Spencer, tell me about Naomi Harris and why she's important. Okay, have you ever heard of Naomi Harris? Yes, I have. No. <laughs> well, here, let me explain. So She's Naomi, according to Collider, Naomi Harris is in talks to play the villain Shriek for Venom 2. If you remember from a couple episodes ago, we covered the uh, the news that Shriek will be uh, a in addition to the lineup, uh, including Woody Harrelson for villains in Venom 2. I think this um, casting you may is- know I had I recognized her face. I had to figure out why I knew her. But you may know Naomi Harris from the uh, Daniel Craig um James Bond movies. You may know her from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh but you also may know her from the absolute masterpiece Moonlight that came out a couple years ago. Never saw so, it. So um so yeah, this is from Collider. Things are moving right along on Venom 2, and just days after we learned the movie would be adding a, se- a second villain, word arrived that none other than Naomi Harris may fill that role. Um, like I said, uh, she comes for, she's an Oscar-nominated actress featured in Moonlight and Skyfall, and she is in talks to play Shriek in the Sony Pictures sequel alongside Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson. Described as a, quote, dangerous and criminally insane villainous, Shriek is a mutant with the ability to manipulate sound. 
Uh, so no doubt that Carnage and Shriek will be uh, at a team-up at some point, taking on Hardy's Venom, the anti-hero with a taste for human heads. Michelle Williams is also due to reprise her role as Eddie's love interest, Anne Weying, who in the first Venom wore a symbiote suit herself at one point. Uh, Andy Serkis takes over the director chair from Ruben Fleischer, who moved right along to Zombie Lane 2. So, me personally, I'm very excited for this lineup, even though the first Venom movie was wrong for or, or was funny for all the wrong reasons. Um, I still enjoyed it. It is what one I could just, call a dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire, but <laughs> dumpster but fire. Did, but man, did I enjoy the hell out of it either way. But um, having Tom Hardy, who I have never seen an appearance of his that I didn't like, and having Woody Harrelson, who I've also never yeah, I can seen think an of appearance one. of his it's called that I didn't Venom. like, and having Andy Serkis um, taking over direction. I, just, I love Andy Serkis in a really chaotic sort of way um, <laughs> be, because like chaotic good I, or chaotic neutral. Say? Cha- I'd say I'd, um, I'd say chaotic neutral because you like go. you've got on one spectrum his performances in CG characters like Gollum and in the Planet of the Apes franchise. And then on the other end of the crazy spectrum, the you've got you've got like Ulysses Claw who is like, first of all, Andy Serkis steals the show in Black Panther for me every single time. He's like in the interrogation room and he's like talking to himself in the one-way glass. He's like, I see you. Oh, I see you. See, I can't stop looking at Michael B. Jordan. And he's like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Like he just, he steals the show for me every time I watch that movie. And... I'm just I I can't think of a movie that I've seen him direct off the top of my head. Jared, do you know anything? He has some directing credits. I can't. I think like one. I think this is this might be his first film. Uh, we when we when it, when it got announced and we covered it, I remember being like, "Oh, he really hasn't directed." Also, I'm scouring IMDb. Shout out to this news breaking like the day after we recorded last week's Hall of Heroes. <laughs> Like, I saw that. I'm like, son of a bitch, we covered that. <laughs> oh, he did the, the Mowgli movie, Legend I of the so. I thought so. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, like, see, he has I, one other thing. That's why I laugh so hard at this story that, like, this would have been a, like, there have been a couple stories that, like, have made me change the notes. Because sometimes, like, the next story we're going to get into, um, it's, like, two-pronged. Or, like, it's Jonah Hill's out. And then we got the Riddler cast. We're like, this would have been one like, oh, okay. Shriek is supposed to show up. If we record, if we recorded a day later, I would have taken out Shriek is going to show up and replaced it with Naomi Harris is going to play Shriek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but such is life. Yeah. At least we like touched on the existence of Shriek and it wasn't like, By you accident, know. mind you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we had to race home and you know, record 30 extra minutes of an episode because a certain studio pulled a certain character out of another studio cinematic universe or anything. We're not going to talk about it. I'm just, I can fortunate sons playing in my head and I'm having a nom flashback. Um, <laughs> that's another thing we have to have on the soundboard queued up is that anytime something even remotely sore comes up, it can't just be, it can't just be the song though. You have to be able to hear a helicopter buzz like above it. <laughs> 
This is Hall of Heroes ASMR. Spencer's like chanting a classic rock song. You're making helicopter sounds, and I'm just laughing like a fucking idiot. You're the guy who's been in Nam the whole time and somehow hasn't died yet. You're yeah. just like, I don't even know what's happening anymore, man. I, I broke my ankle. I've been eating ice cream back at camp, and I don't know what's up. Um, so, uh, back to another Batman story for me. Uh,. It's almost like this was planned. It's almost, I, I literally don't do this on purpose. I somehow like accidentally pick a first story that's really good for you to read. And then we'll like it, it is, ends up falling into like I end up yeah. miraculously with the Spider-Man or Batman stories. <laughs> hey I don't man, do it. We wouldn't on purpose. have it any other way. I don't do it on purpose. It just happens every fucking time by accident. Um. So this is from Deadline on October 16th. Exclusive. Another one that broke the day after we recorded last week. Yeah. Exclusive. We hear, Deadline, that two-time Oscar nominee Jonah Hill is no longer in talks to play the villain in Warner Brothers' uh, reboot with The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Essentially, talks broke down, which happens on big pictures like this. Uh, we originally broke the news that Hill was in talks to play the villain in the movie, either Riddler or Penguin. We understand Warner is eyeing new candidates already for one of these roles in Matt Reeves' directed DC film. Uh, we heard that there was interest from the production in Seth Rogen for the role of the Penguin, however, uh, but no offers or talks have occurred. That was another one, but like it's referenced in here, so I just limited it to this story. Um the current uh, cast, in addition to Pattinson, includes Zoe, uh, Zoe Kravitz as uh, Catwoman and Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon. Uh, the Batman is set to release on June 25th. So, real quick, disappointed uh, that we're losing Jonah Hill. I think he could have been a really interesting Dark Horse casting um, in a cast full of like surprises. I know that the, the internet is still reeling from Robert Pattinson. Uh, and still trying to wrap their brains around it. And I think having this... Why have I been living in the timeline where I thought Jonah Hill won Best Supporting Actor for Wolf of Wall Street? Did I make that up? I didn't. I thought he was only nominated for an Oscar once. So we're both living in alternate timelines. I genuinely thought he won that. I apparently <laughs> not. Like, I'm not upset he didn't. Like, I'm not tired. I, I am. I'm fucking angry about it. Go. <laughs> Go go get mad. Go get, well, start yeah. a union. <laughs> go get Mister. Start a union. Um, do you hear the people sing? Uh, sing the song of angry men. It is a man. okay. We've sang this is too like much a on this really show. music heavy episode. It is because, yeah. like you're welcome. Not only are we singing a lot, but like somewhere out my window at Grove City College. <laughs> On October the 22nd, someone is playing Walking in a Winter Wonderland by Bing Crosby on a Bluetooth speaker. Like one of it's those October. big ones. October! Can you try to get the Blue Yeti out the window slightly to try to pick it up? I, I can't. I, wait, wait. wonder if you, they're doing Rocking Around the Christmas Tree now. <laughs> wait, wait. Everybody be quiet. I'm turning Spencer up. That's too loud. That's too loud. That's too loud. No, you can't hear it. Oh, it's unfortunate. Damn but trust it. me. I don't know um, why, but Gro it's like anything goes at Grove City. And you mean anything groves? 
Anything grows. <laughs> Anything grows at Go City. <laughs> I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really liking the way this like very diverse cast is shaping up, and I think Jonah Hill would have made for a really nice uh, addition to it. Unfortunately, we're not going to get that. Um, I'll say real, real quick, I want to talk about Seth Rogen as the Penguin. I don't like it. You don't like it. I don't like it. Spencer, how about you? Not, not even like. Oh, I hate Seth Rogen. Like I just that, that doesn't jive in my yeah. head. Spencer, wait. we're talking Sack about solo. superheroes. Wait, 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 be quiet. I think I hear it. Wait, wait, Spencer, um, I can, we can faintly hear it. Hold on. Yeah, it's gone. Second, I pointed it out. Well, I hope somebody out there could hear it. Well, uh, Spencer, what do you think the, about the this? The thing is, like, I've got so many wires connected to my rig here at school that it's like I can't even. I would have to. Yeah, you can't move it. Only coming in, it's over. only coming in well when Spencer is talking. Eh. Well, that's weird. That's Once hilarious. Singing, let's be Anywho, back on track here. <laughs> uh, um, Spencer, what do you, you think about this? Me the halls about... with lots of opinions. You were, wait. Uh, you you Seth said Ro- Seth Rogen is the Penguin. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, I uh, whenever I think Seth Rogen, I don't think Penguin. When I think Penguin, I do not think Seth Rogen. Indeed. Um, I you and I are on the same page then. Uh, I th- I think there are so many better options. I mean, I'm sure that if you cast Seth Rogen as Penguin, he would figure out a way to just completely kill it um or make it a at least at the very least a memorable role something that we can like look back and be like oh well well that was kind of fun i'm 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 glad that i saw that but i ugh, i can't really get behind it like jared knows i'm awful at fan casting so i can't give you any better examples but josh gad uh, josh gad yes okay that is a better example um, but I, I uh, Spencer, you would make a better penguin than Seth Rogen. Oh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. DC, get on casting Spencer Simpson. All I need is a prosthetic nose. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? You like, prosthetic I, nose. Like at the end, you almost had a New York accent. You were like, "I mean, all I need is a prosthetic nose." <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think what my inspiration. I think it was something like a Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Oh no 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 no! It was from Guardians of the Galaxy when Rocket is like, "You see that guy? I need his prosthetic leg." Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, because of because of that movie. Anytime I say the word prosthetic, I say it like Rocket Raccoon. I love that so much. Um, but yeah, I really so. do hope. I really, really, truly hope that all the campaigning that. Josh Gad has done pans out and he gets to play a uh, cobble plot because that would make my heart happy Mm-mm. both as a fan of his and as somebody who just wants thinks that would be great casting however one door closes and another one opens uh Paul Dano to play the Riddler <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dano is in talks to join Robert Battenson in Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers the Batman sources tell variety through the stu- though the studio would not confirm the role, insiders believe that Dano would be playing the classic comic book villain, the Riddler. Dano's casting comes on the heels of Jonah Hill turning down an offer to join the cast. Uh, given how long negotiations went on, negotiations went on between the studio and Jonah Hill. Insiders believe that Warner Brothers already had an offer ready to go out to Dano once Hill passed on the role. 
Pre-production on the Batman is to start this summer. No official start date has been set, although Variety hears the filming will start in the late in late 2019 or early 2021. The Batman, the, the Batman, the Batman is scheduled. The Bateman, to, the Bateman, uh, the the Ben the Boss Bateman. Uh, the Batman yeah. is scheduled to hit theaters June twenty fifth, twenty So yeah, I think Paul Dano is a great choice. I think if you, I don't know much about him or his work. Um, if Jonah Hill had the acting chops and like, because I've seen him, like I know he has that energy that I think could do a good Riddler. This guy, Paul Dano, has the look. Like, I look at him and think Edward Nygma. Yeah, that's fair. fair. I agree. Yeah. Like, put him in a green suit. I don't care if he delivers his lines as stale as possible. He's He'll make a good Riddler. Know what he I'm played saying? Dwayne in Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, uh, get ready for Connor Chiquiti. Just, you know, his ears perking up. Uh, he was Paul Sunday slash Eli Sunday and There Will Be Blood. Uh, he was Alexander in Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, he was in that really shitty Cowboys and Aliens movie. Uh, he played Seth and Looper. He played John Tibbetts in 12 Years a Slave. Uh, he played Hank in Swiss Army Man. Was that the flick with... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe? I think so. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's the... Uh... That looks really weird. Oh, he was on The Sopranos for a little bit. Uh, he was on t- yeah, two episodes on The Sopranos. Uh, he's got some chops. That's good. Yeah, he's, 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 like, he's, he has, not, he's done some work. He's not a nobody. No, you're absolutely right. He has the look of an Edward Nigma. And again, I'm just... This cast is just so... Unique. Like I, I like none of these are like the not boohooing any of like the amazing fan artists out there. But these aren't the shoe in Boss Logic has already drawn eighteen different versions of this person as that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like this is completely new ground. Fresh. You know, but like fresh. this isn't the very like obvious ooh, Nicholas Holt as the Riddler. You know, yeah. This is this is a lot of interesting stuff, and I'm very intrigued by this casting, and very excited to see it again. I get Spider-Man and Batman both in the same fucking year. Yeah, and Jared is a happy boy. <laughs> uh, but with that, Travis, I'm gonna. Oh, also, there's a trailer for Bloodshot. It's fine. I don't think it's that groundbreaking that we need to like. Uh, give it its whole own discussion topic moment on the show but yeah check out the bloodshot trailer if you're interested in it uh vin diesel looks fine in it and i think the whole movie is in the trailer travis tell us about your tv shows uh you want me to talk cw or titans uh do cw first because titans is always funnier okay yeah i gotta talk about crypto the super dog and titans (laughs) um let's see Spencer, we're finding you a crypto the next time you cosplay Superman. Oh, 100%. I, I. 100%. Oh, my God. Can we put a cape on my dog Yoda? Ooh. I just have a really small crypto. That'd be really funny. Like really, really tiny crypto. Crypto that won't crypto. shut up super dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's his yeah. superpower is his supersonic barks. Um, Honestly, though, they put like, like they make me flinch. It's like I'm on a <laughs> rifle range without ear protection. <laughs> like, 
Can you, uh, we, uh, we couldn't hear you. Can you do that one more don't, time? Don't, don't you, no, we could hear you. We could hear you fine, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's BS. <laughs> um, I'll run down in order of – see that like – okay. <laughs> Flash and Supergirl kind of tied for me. We'll talk about Supergirl first. Uh, Supergirl, <laughs> we're three episodes in. Uh, they all they are not really doing anything about crisis, and like the plot that like the plot is interesting but contained to Supergirl. There's not a ton to talk about. They uh the I put on Twitter earlier today because I watched the episode today. The uh the subplot with what's going on at Catco Media is supposed to piss me off and I get that, but like it really pisses me off. Um, uh, can you elaborate, sir? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's basically like, that's why I'm here. Catco has been put under new management. I don't remember the character's name. Something Rojas, I think, uh, I hate her so much. I can't remember her name, but like, she wants to turn Catco into like after being built up on this foundation of like like good journalism and yada yada wants to turn it I'm into I'm sorry, a t- I have to interrupt you. No, I just you looked at my off. phone real quick. Jason Ward just tweeted, You guys know how Palpatine survived? <laughs> you guys know the Palpatine survived by jumping on a space horse and galloping through the stars, right? Fuck yes. <laughs> I fucking love Jason. He was so much that fun to have on for a video. Quality Avengers content. Set. That's my headcanon. That's what happened. Is it just one of those horses was like strapped into the Death Star power reactor? And just, just in case. <laughs> like as a just in case, like as he's falling, it's break glass for space horse. <laughs> Tell the fleet to move to the far side of Endor and saddle up my space horse and put it down this reactor just in case. Why is this quality content not happening on the Star Wars show? <laughs> I wasn't quite this tired yesterday. Fair. Um, but so they're trying to turn Catco Media into a tabloid, like basically turn it into BuzzFeed. And the whole point is that Kara is getting very frustrated with the fact that she can't. There's actually it. a BuzzFeed news. There's like, there's like what hand soap are you BuzzFeed? And then there's like they're, actual reporting BuzzFeed. I still don't trust it, but they're 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 doing what kind of hand soap are you BuzzFeed? Okay. Like that's the whole point. And like like I said, I get it's supposed to make me mad, but like I wanna skip through those scenes, not because they're bad, but because they make me so fucking angry. Um besides that, everything I mean like that's still good. Like it's it's doing the job it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um everything's fine. Uh Flash Flash is kind of doing so at the end of episode one, Barry's told he will die during crisis, which naturally, but like, I don't think he will a because because he won't. That's <laughs> the, the whole reason that Oliver's dying is so Flash and Kara don't. That's a that's a thing in the crossover from last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. like he, he makes a deal with the monitor of whatever you have to do to save them, do it. And like now he's paying that up in Arrow, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, so this episode, it's 
Barry kind of like rattling with that idea of accepting that he's going to have to die. He goes to Earth 3 to visit Jay Garrick to because Jay has this way for him to like he tries to go into the future the day after he's like the day on the newspaper, right? He tries to go into the future the day after to see what happened and he can't. Um so he goes to Jay. Jay like projects his mind into the future and he sees a bunch of different timelines. That what? I'm I look. <laughs> I can only handle so much. He projects Barry's mind and Barry kind of like Doctor Strange's out a bunch of different timelines. And the only one where everyone else survives is the one he dot where he dies. In like the very like crisis on Infinite Earths way of him running so fast he disintegrates into the Speed Force, right? Oh shit! Okay. So, um, and it's him like coming to terms with that. Uh, good episode. Okay. It was like it was fine. Um, do I talk Arrow? I'll talk Batwoman next because Arrow's like soup. Arrow is airing right in fifteen minutes, and I wish I could watch it because like Arrow is super interesting this season, and I'm a little biased. But um, Batwoman this week, she's finally in the full costume, and it looks so good. Like the red and black. Oh, it looks so much better. Oh my god! Like it's not black on black with the crest anymore. The helm, the cowl doesn't look weird because it's clearly supposed to be housing a wig. Like <laughs> oh, it looks so good now. Oh man! It, like I, I was so happy. Um, this is also Holla. the episode where we got hush. Like, quote unquote like, hush. Like we saw hush on screen. We saw Thomas Elliot. Wow. So, the. And I'll, again, I'll reiterate the what balls I on this show. Yeah, they also drop <laughs> That's hints. a lot. They even like properly drop hints about the Riddler. So here, so in the comic, right, the the for the Hush storyline, the two big bad. It's Thomas Elliot as Hush, um, aided by a Lazarus pitted Riddler, right? Does Riddler appear? No, he. Um, they threaten they like tease they he mentions like so um someone breaks into Wayne Enterprises to steal a gun that can shoot through the bat suit because everyone at this point thinks that Kate Kane is Batman oh. because all they've been seeing is like the suit and no one's gotten a good look at her like they didn't realize it's a woman yeah so they just see the, they're like black ears in a cape yeah they're like oh Batman is back um Thomas is in town he's they do it like he's mad because um his mother was like he he tried to sabotage his parents car and get yeah. him killed and get his inheritance and uh you in the comic it's they're still kids and thomas saves his mother in surgery or his father whichever yeah thomas uh, wayne yeah thomas wayne yeah um in this version batman they're adults now and batman saved his mother from the crash okay which like Sure. Um, now, are Tommy Elliot and Bruce established to be friends? Yeah, in they this? are. They are okay. lifelong childhood best friends. Um, and the reason that her, him and so he's like he steals this gun to shoot the bat suit. Kate confronts him. They know each other because Kate was very involved in Bruce's. Like they were involved this, uh, you know, family. Um, and 
she kind of like hints that she knows what's going on because he knows and that's uh the, the riddler hint is that i riddled a friend of mine about batman's identity or something a line along like that uh-huh. where like i was told by the riddler that bruce wayne is batman okay um they have a skirmish kate wins for because like the stuff they're doing with her and alice is weird uh it's interesting uh-huh. like it's not bad weird yet and <laughs> cw so given a minute right um but yeah i like i said i i still don't like that they did it yeah but i i'm very impressed that it they made it seem like it fit even though like it wasn't you know year-long story of hush proper <laughs> yeah it was very abbreviated. Uh, he's not. A, I don't even think he was a surgeon, and like he's a real estate guy. I don't like it. Which is how he made his money. Whatever. Yeah. No likey. Like yeah. Does um, he have the bandages on and shit yet? Or no, like the, not even that. Like I said, it was super duper abbreviated. Um, which then begs the question: Why'd you do it? But what did Tommy die? I don't think so. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that was Batwoman. Okay. If you will recall, I made a prediction, I believe on the air, that this season of Arrow was going to be Oliver Queen, Doctor Whoing his way through past events of Arrow, and being like behind the scenes, making sure certain events occur the way they do. Yes. I was like a quarter right. Okay. Instead of Doctor Whoing through... The timeline, he's hopping Earths so that he can get things for the monitor to prevent the coming crisis. Uh, so, like, the opening shot is – so on Earth 2, it's been established that Oliver died on the Gambit instead of Robert. Robert became Green Arrow for a bit. He isn't anymore. They don't really, like, elaborate on that. Um, but the opening shot is the this mimics – uh, episode 101. Keep talking. Yeah, you're fine. Um, you know, Mimic, Mimic's 101, where he's found on the island. My eyes are watering. Something fierce. Walk it off. Oh, fucking allergies are killing me. I'm listening. Keep, please keep going. Um, keep it together, man. Keep it together. Oh, man. Like, it's a struggle. Um, but like, he's found on the island. It's been 12 years instead of five. Instead of a death stroke mask, there's a Batman cowl for no discernible reason. Uh, with, mm. like, the arrow through it. You know what I'm talking about, Spencer? Yes. No, there was a discernible reason. It's that the CW gets off on teasing Batman, but not showing us Bruce fucking Wayne. I mean, you're right. Um, so, it's, like, and they don't right away tell you what's going on, but it's pretty quick that you find out, like, Oliver knows the events that should be happening, but, like, the little things are throwing him off. Like instead of uh, Moira being married to Walter, she's married to uh, Malcolm Merlin, who is not the dark archer in this timeline. Um, instead, Tommy is it's, it's a bit, but like basically he's working Tommy, 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 Tommy Merlin. Oh, his kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Thea died and like same thing where like, Malcolm's wife died and he felt responsible so he went off and trained and whatever. 
Tommy felt oh, responsible. Okay. Thea overdosed on her 18th birthday in this world, and Tommy felt responsible, so he went off and trained, and now he's trying to do the undertaking. Um, I'm just happy I got more Tommy Merlin, but it's him trying to get the dwarf star particles that were in the earthquake machine that start the undertaking, which he succeeds. Um, and there's, there's a lot of really fun references to season one in this episode. Um, it, it like, it was just a really, really fun episode. I really enjoyed it except for the flash forwards. I'm not going to talk about those. I don't like them. I never liked them. I wish they would stop. Um, Fair enough. I think they will when they. I, they, I think they they'll listen to you. I think they'll stop. Yeah, I hope. Especially because I think uh, Greg Berlanti listens to this podcast. You're right. <laughs> um, oh, we didn't talk about the the. Fucking. Yeah, I'll get there in a second. So this episode ends. No, we didn't talk about fucking Marvel TV guy le- who left because that broke like two hours ago. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, the because like Feige's taking over. He's just like, okay, deuces. All right, whatever. TV, other TV news. Um, the Canary show we reported on is real. It's called Green Arrow and the Canaries. Follows up Arrow. Doesn't have Oliver Queen. I don't know who the fuck the Green Arrow is then. We'll figure that out later. Um, this episode of Arrow, the pilot 801, ends with Earth 2 just fucking evaporating. How did you describe it when we were Geos? Oh, fuck. Um, you said something really funny. <sighs> I don't remember. It was really silly, but really funny. Yeah. Um. Shit. So you got to write this shit down, man. I should have. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't remember what I said to Geo's. I'm I'm so tired that I just like. I couldn't recall if I tried. If you think of it, remind me. I will. Um. But um, yeah. So it's Earth- only going to occur to me once we're done recording. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Um. So yeah, Earth Two is just gone like into the ether gone um so that's fun i can't think of any like besides um laurel lance any like the like living laurel lance any discernible characters we needed from that earth but you know uh that that was it. Titans? Yeah, okay. I was, I was like, wait, I think that's it for the CW. I think I covered everything. Everything that I watch. What does the CW even stand for? Fuck if I remember. Yeah. It replaced the WB. Keep going. Yeah. Um. So, Titans this week was not at all the episode I expected. In every good possible way. This was the one called Bruce Bruce Wayne, Wayne. right? Okay, so I'm listening. So what if I told you (laughs) Bruce has the opening line of this this episode, and in it he calls Dick, and I quote, a fucking idiot. (laughs) 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 Batman says fuck. It's not really Batman. Oh. You almost just spit that at me. I did, and I had a fit of rage almost spat my voltage at you. So, do you guys remember the te- like the cartoon Teen Titans episode? It's my favorite Teen Titans episode ever, where uh, Robin is hallucinating Slade, 
Vaguely. Where, like, he is convinced he's having, like, and he's physically harming himself in, like, in doing this, but he thinks he's having real physical confrontations with uh, Deathstroke. Um, I vaguely remember this story. And they, like, hint that he was drugged or whatever. Um, the drugging part doesn't matter here. It's kind of like that. Bruce is acting as his, sub- like, not subconscious, but his conscience, and, like, he's hallucinating Bruce the Dick whole time. Dick is hallucinating yeah. Bruce. The whole time. And at first I was like, I don't like this. Didn't we do this already? Not quite. <laughs> we did it much worse before. <laughs> this is I I want to sit down and watch this episode with you because you will fucking love it. You'll either love it or you'll hate it because this person is supposed to be Bruce Wayne and he is clearly not. But in, in I don't think Ian Glenn is gonna play a bad it's, Bruce Wayne. It's, it's not, just it's weird. Not his, it's not the, old. It's not the fact that it's Ian Glenn or his performance. It's the fact that like the whole point is that like Dick's voice in his head that mocks him is Bruce. The person in his head that calls him an idiot, that point that points out his flaws right now is Bruce. It sounded like a like a caricature of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Okay. Like and it, it it's genuinely funny. Like I was enjoying it after after the initial like I don't know how I feel about this. It threw me off my rhythm. Um <laughs> Spencer, do you get that John Mulaney reference? Have you seen that special? I have not. We'll change that. Next time you're here, buddy. <laughs> Dog, I want like seriously, I want to watch it with you. It's great. Um But yeah. So the episode involves Dick wanting to hunt down Deathstroke to hide his I'm putting this in air quotes. I do this every time thinking that people can see me. <laughs> Can so we can hide his secret from the rest of the Titans, um, which it's not a secret. He was involved in Jericho's death, in some way, shape. Or yeah, form. this show does a really piss poor job of like, like it's gotten so much better. I'm genuinely enjoying this season of Titans. Uh, that's good. I'm glad this isn't like pulling teeth for you anymore. But this show does such a piss poor job of like. Doing the CW thing of not telling you something by omission, but like thinking you don't know it. Like you clearly know the secret. You've telegraphed it so hard, but you're just going to not say it not out even loud. That, not even that you've telegraphed it. It's like not saying Lex Luthor's name right away. Oh, that's shit. Yeah. Like the bo- like Cat- the boss of Cadmus. Motherfucker, I bought a DC Universe subscription. You think I don't know who owns Cadmus? <laughs> <laughs> I like um, one of my favorites is like I mean granted this is a little bit better because there's like a little bit of foreshadowing to it but I remember in the first season of The Flash when Barry finds the holographic newspaper where it's like founding member of the justice oh Dr. Wells or like yeah um Okay, I don't know if anyone heard that, but Jared is currently having a stroke, a legitimate stroke. I'm going to call 911. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but he turned his mic off for a sec. Um, so, I'm back. Okay, I had like really bad indigestion, and I like I I didn't know what noise my mouth might make, and I wanted to turn <laughs> off my microphone so that nobody had to hear that. Um, but during all of this, Jason is having like some serious like he's dealing with some serious trauma and the fact that like he almost died and he doesn't know how to process it right um he should get used to that (laughs) well (laughs) but like we see that he 
He's going to become very good friends with the crowbar one day. <laughs> I sure hope. Um, the He's very much aware that he's the fuck up kid. I know, like, as sad as that sounds. So. <laughs> fucking hell. To get away, because, like, I loved the Dick Grayson part of this episode. I think they're trying to do the Judas contract with Rose Wilson instead of Tara Markov. Oh. Which is, like, I guess a way to have it not be as predictable, but person like person gets into Titan's Tower and becomes a pseudo part of the team to then betray them to Deathstroke is not... Eh. Um, but, pres- I, again, I'm presuming that it's Rose and not literally Deathstroke hiding in the tower, which I don't think is the case. Um, Rose, I hate when you make those eyes. Uh, an Adventure Time spinoff show just got announced. Good for them. Yeah. Um, but, like, Rose has been fucking with everyone, like, drawing crosses in Raven's room, um, leaving mementos of their previous encounters with Deathstroke to the older Titans and everyone just assumes it's Jason being a little shit. And so they all like come at him and they're like, Hey, cut this shit out. It's not funny. You're not funny. What, you know, like we're sick of your shit. And he's like, guys, I, I didn't do this, you know? And, uh, this culminates in Jason almost jumping off of Titans tower which, like... Oh my fuck. Yeah. Um, Poor guy. And Dick Dick has to go up when he realizes that, like, someone's in the tower with them. Realizes where Jay Like, runs up to help Jason. And is trying to talk him down. And then, I killed Jericho. I'm not a fucking idiot. You feel responsible for Jericho's death. You didn't pull a trigger. You didn't break his neck. You didn't, like... I'm not an idiot. I'm not a fucking idiot. He was like, fuck Batman. He shot him dead. Yeah, exactly. Cold blood. Just like that. Just like that. But yeah, um, the watching Dick be a detective is cool. Watching him, watching, this is the dark Dick. What about Dick doing flips? Did Dick do any flips? Dick did not do any flips. Why the fuck didn't Dick do flips? He did a pistol whip though. Dick does pistol whips. Dick does pistol whips. Dick does whips. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can you tell him like sleep deprived and slap happy at this point same um but watching like this is dark dick grayson the way he's meant to be dark where, yes where he's obsessive i promise i'm he, not swaddling cookie cop right now i hate that um he's obsessive over his mission he sh- he be he starts to become Bruce a little bit in yeah. his own way, and he even recognizes that, and he hates that he's doing it, but he can't stop. But he's not. Don't take a selfie. No, I'm taking a selfie, swaddling my child. God damn it! <laughs> but like you said, you weren't swaddling him. He lied. I thought I could count on you, Jared. <laughs> um, but now you I'm not wrong, motherfucker. <laughs> Jared, I showed you this scene before. I wrap up like. Overall, this episode was really good. I really liked it. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the best scene in, in all of Titans so far, Spencer. 
Okay. So in the previous episode, Superboy got shot. And he's being healed in Titans Tower currently. Oh, yeah. Superboy gets healed and he's going to become part of the Titans. Yay. Um, yay. Genu- genuine, genuine yay. I like him a lot. Um, Crypto got recaptured by Cadmus. Eh. Try saying that a couple more times. Um, recaptured by Cadmus. See, now that I have it in my head. <laughs> um, and the, the scientist that was like running around. You know what with... else you have in your head? Every day. Every waking moment. <laughs> Every waking moment is consumed by Cookie Cop. Um, she, she like, breaks back into the lab, breaks Crypto out, and <laughs> it's like, like, they're coming to get her. Like, they realize she broke in, and she's like, come on, go! And her holding on to this fucking dog and just watching them zip out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me. It is so great. Like, it's, it's so funny. I, I know it's not necessarily supposed to be, but it's not even bad funny. It's just that, like, this is weird and funny, and I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Titans <clears throat> Titans gets a good grade this week. Uh, the CW nice. shows all at least get a passing grade. I'm excited for Arrow's episode two. Um, it's going to be a, a hoot. Yes, indeedy. Uh, while I talk about Watchmen, you want to figure out unplugging the thing so that Spencer can hear our amazing song we have ready for him and our listeners? I would literally... I'll pull something up and see if he can hear what the playback if I unplug it. Okay. Well, I'll... Yeah, hold on. So, the first episode of Watchmen came out this Sunday. It's quite good. I really enjoyed it a lot. I wasn't expecting... So What the fuck is this? What? Look at the when I type in Cookie Cop. Look at the first recommended thing. Why does it say Cookie Cop game? What, what is <laughs> this? Like we right are playing. Now. We're going we down a fucking. We're going game. down a rabbit hole right now. This is unnegotiable. <laughs> we are playing the Cookie Cop game. It's a board game, apparently. What? <laughs> I need it. I got to have it. it. Read the description out loud on the air right now. Place the game board on the table. Place the stand Good in start. the center and put Officer Officer Longarm, he has a name. What? Ah, I don't like that name, but it's accurate cuz his arms are lanky. <laughs> I think it's referring to the long arms of the law. The cookie law. <laughs> <laughs> Fit a cookie in each of the 24 slots. It's like cardboard cookies. Um, is it actually wow. a cookie cop in the pictures? Like proper? Cookie cop proper. <laughs> that looks like a cartoony version of him. Not like the Uncanny Valley one that is actually the cookie jar. It's not him. Oh... Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this search. Um, <laughs> keep talking about Watchmen. Um, I love how everything dropped just for more cheap cookie cop jokes. I know um, it's people are gonna stop listening to the shows. Like they don't even talk about comic books. They only talk about cookie cop. <laughs> Very specific uh, gripes. But anyway, I I avoided a lot of info about the new Watchmen show deliberately because I wanted to go in and be surprised. I thought it was going to be a reimagining of the comic book itself. 
and not serve as a sequel to the comics itself so much. So that said, I need to go back and reread Watchmen because it's been a minute. Same. Um, but the show is very interesting so far. Uh, <laughs> what did you find? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Spencer. Spencer, tell me if you can hear this. I can, yeah, I can hear that. Channel. So today what I wanted to share with you is our cookie cop. Um, bought him from um, America. For fuck's sake. Uh, just turn him around so that you can see him from all different angles. See it's him. The, uh, cookie cop badges there and truncheons. This is Tracy's top so. toys on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. She's got 335,000 subscribers. Uniform, and uh, Why not more? And so let's let's sort of uh, lift the lid and uh, see what he tells let's us. Let's see what his switch is supposed to look like. Stop! Away from the cookie jar. Well, that will put me off having a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll put me off. <laughs> that'll put me off having a cookie. <laughs> wow. This is it. This is the greatest episode ever. <laughs> but you can hear that. Yeah, I can hear that. Perfect. Okay, we're good. Anyway, the show picks up with uh, open. Oh man. Uh, but the show basically it picks up with like an actual riot that happened in Tulsa during the twenties, and then flashes way forward to uh Tulsa, Oklahoma, a version of it that like is in that post mot watchman world. So like the police are allowed to wear the police basically function like superheroes in that their identities are secret and they're masked. And they have to like radio back to the station for permission to be weapons free. So like they have like a thing that like has that, that like locks their gun into their holster and they have to like radio back to the station to like have it unlocked so that they can use it. Uh, there's this black cop who the, the, the whole riot that we see earlier shows like all hell breaking loose in Tulsa and it's like a white supremacist attack. Like there's just like black people being slaughtered left and right and there's a bunch of jackasses in KKK outfits and whatnot. Kukukuk. Um a bunch of cuckucks. Um coining that right now. That's how we refer to people in the KKK from now on. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this cop uh, finds this guy. He's like driving his pickup truck, um, listening to like really loud gangster rap, which is ironic because we realize he's a white supremacist. So like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you arrive at that conclusion. But um, the the white supremacists in this universe kind of like modeled themselves after the Watchmen character Rorschach, who has like yeah has like the ink blot mask and basically. Rorschach has become like this accident. I mean, I don't know if the way the show is going to portray it, that like Rorschach got kind of like his message got warped into being like an alt-right thing or if Rorschach always intended to be kind of fashy <laughs> in this version. But uh, he's his mask is worn by this group of like white supremacists and shit. Um, 
But uh, I don't want to give away too much because the show is really, really interesting the way it uh, brings itself to bear. I think I think this is going to be a show that like you want to watch episode to episode. Do you have access to HBO, Travis? No, madam. Okay. Spencer. I think so. I think my roommates got it. In your... I know you definitely don't have time to sit down and, wa- and read Watchmen. Watch a couple Watchmen Explained videos. Okay. And then watch the pilot. And I want to see what you think. Because um, like, I know there's going to be a lot of people who go into this show only watching the movie and they're going to become really confused when like it starts raining squids at one point. <laughs> um. Uh, they also show that, like, the world thinks that, um, Travis was making fun of me for the way I said it earlier. I say Ozymandias. 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 I've said it wrong my whole life. Um, <laughs> Ozymandias is dead, uh, but in fact he is not. He is Jeffrey Irons, and he's, uh, kicking it in his little private castle in Wales. Um. And I think uh, Ozymandias is going to be coming back in a big way to wreak some havoc, maybe. Uh, There is one point in the show. uh, Robert Redford is still president uh, by the time this show picks up. So that's 30 years of the Redford administration. So so is it actually Robert Robert Redford Redford. who's president or is it Robert Redford, the actor who plays Joe Schmo, the president? Robert Redford, the actor, is the president. That's awesome. Yes. He's instead got of my Reagan, vote. Instead of Reagan. That was the thing. Was it like, this is the alternate timeline where like Nixon didn't actually go down because of Watergate or like he may have, I don't remember. I don't remember how Watergate shook out in Watchmen, but like <clears throat> shit. Oh my God. I need to reread it. Reread it. Fuck. Anyway, instead of Ronald Reagan, Robert Redford becomes the president. Uh, nice. <laughs> they trade in one Western actor for another. Um, but uh, we're well into the Reagan or the Redford administration, um, <laughs> and like we see at one point on the news, there's like a live feed of a uh, Doctor Manhattan on Mars building and destroying shit. So there's a lot of cool callbacks. There's a lot of you know at one point um, the cops use an owl ship uh, to fly around. It's it's really cool stuff, and I highly recommend it. And I'm really looking forward to the second episode. Uh, this seems like it's shaping up to be a very interesting show, and I hope you guys all watch it. Like I said, this just seems like such a great episode-to-episode watch that, like, I don't I don't necessarily know how much I want to get into the episode proper, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's – I don't think it would be as entertaining as Travis walking us through the shows he watches. Like, no, this is de- like not. this is definitely a show you want to watch for yourself. Um. With that, I think that's all we have. Possibly. Spencer, where can the lovely yes. people find you? As always, you can find me on Instagram at SpenceManCosplays. Don't really have any new content for you coming, but just check it out. Give it a give it a follow. I'll follow you back. And that is all I got. Travis, where can the lovely people find you? They can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Travis Political. 
where I don't really talk about politics all that much. Oops. I noticed that. I noticed that. I, I wasn't going to say anything, though. Well, it's, it's only my name on Instagram so that it's the same on both. Gotcha. Um, but on Twitter, I made my Twitter with the sole idea of, like, I'm just going to, like, shit out poli- like political banter, and then I don't. Um, <laughs> and then it ended up being mostly superheroes and space wizards. It, like, I made it right around the time I started coming on this show. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait. If I come, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to talk about space wizards and comic books. All right, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I like me a good space wizard. We all do around <laughs> these parts. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dark <clears throat> dark jedi twenty five fifty. My allergies are fucking killing make, me. Yeah, make sure you include the <clears throat> in, in in the in the handle. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't find him. Spell M O U. S E space F U C K E R. That would be that would be you, um, Jared. Uh, I I so Diego told me. Uh, <laughs> be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Dark Jedi twenty five fifty two. Uh, check out New Regime Cosplays on Instagram and Do Back Discussion on all the social medias as well as Do Back Discussion. Like we said, the rise of Skywalker is almost here and our Skywalker Saga audio commentary start this Sunday with The Phantom Menace. Be sure to check out Gore and More, Wicked Wednesday, Jerk the Curtain, Down the Rabbit Hole. I'll be on Jerk the Curtain very soon because uh, tonight, as of recording this, I will be going to an AEW wrestling event in Pittsburgh with TJ. What? Uh, what? Wednesday. <laughs> very excited for this. This is going to be a... Be a Don't die. How would I die? TJ will throw you in the rain just to see what happens. <laughs> just to see if you survive. Not that you couldn't handle yourself, but like at some point security would come out with tasers. Yeah, because because it's I all like that you're for fa- show over there, but you're actually going to start beating people up and they're going to be like, yeah, you can't do that. The the amount of those dudes that are actually built like a brick shit house that you think I would last thirty seconds against some of these dudes, Travis is is very sweet of you. You got the element of surprise, kid. <laughs> <laughs> when TJ throws you Superman style into the ring, <laughs> fastball special to the helicopter. I was imagining some kind of javelin throw. <laughs> um, Just like no, a shoulder but... toss. <laughs> Fucking hell! Hey, Jared, plank real quick. <laughs> if you put do you still have the recording of like the thing i said yesterday before we started recording yes okay you could splice together what spencer just said with that and it's like an amazing fighting scene like anime style (laughs) plank real quick Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say it, but don't. it's like it's like from the Incredibles, and it's like Bob, throw me. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what Travis is seeing in his mind's eye. Uh, DJ, throw me. <laughs> I just go like feet first into the fucking jean jacket, hands in pocket guy. Um, with that, uh, be sure to tune back in at the same bat time. To the same bat channel. We love you guys 3000. Enjoy this lovely little tune. (laughs) Hollywood makes two kinds of movies. They make movies by committee. And they make filmmaker movies. 
I'm really not interested in movies by committee. They, they suck. Best movies, my favorite movies are, you know, where you can feel the personality of the director, and it's all about that. That's the only way you can do it. You can't put it before the committee or you're screwed. You know, they'll be like, you know, you'll end up with like a corporate logo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please put your hands together for the director. For an artist who pours his heart into his craft and hopes that the result will be his magnum opus. But there's an entity bent on greed that has control, and without regard to your genius, it goes back and omits almost half of your shit. Like they don't know about how much passion goes into a monument of cinematic gold. After going through all of this, once the public asked to have the masses shown it, those bastards chose to act as though, in fact, it don't exist. But we know that it's no myth. And so since Zach opposes the status quo, his crown and achievement wound up receiving the lousiest treatment. Yo, and that's what has us so pissed. The time has come for you to join the front lines with us. Fight for what you believe in, even when they try to front. And rise above. Zach has sacrificed enough, so we gon' riot unless they release the Snyder Cut. The time has come for you to join the front lines with us. Fight for what you believe in, even when they try to front. The fans decide what they want to go see. They're deciding who they want. The critics, the outside, talking heads can say whatever they want, but people are going to choose what they want to see and who they want to see. Critics do not like those movies, but fans keep going to see it. Nobody ever goes out to make a movie to impress critics. You do it for the fans of whatever genre, whatever franchise, whatever comic book series you're making. Every grandiose dynamic post reminds the fans at home of Michelangelo. This man's a pro. Snyder stands alone behind the camera. Yo, every shot's framed as if this shit were out of some renaissance painting by an old master. They tried to hold back the Justice League corrupt and treated like it don't matter. That's why we're so mad the battle lines is gone. Have to be drawn, it's up to y'all to choose which side of those that you're born to one of uncensored expression or an agenda intent on seeing a higher growth set the potential expensive artistic integrity because of all the harm. The suits at those studios do we made a call to arms. And we're grateful for soldiers like Jason Momoa, our ace in the hole in the struggle for creative control of the DCEU. All the places he goes to, he raps with Zach, never as he betrayed or disowned us. Thanks to Fiona, Ray Fisher, and Ray Porter, they fought to maintain order and tried to make sure the vision's upheld. Everyone who prayed for his late daughter, you can just tell that he appreciates all of you. It's a shame one of brothers didn't respectfully let him reflect and grieve. Instead, they pressed delete. On every epic scene, the second he requested leave, never even mentioned urban the credits. How she gon' rest in peace? The time has come for you to join the front lines with us. Fight for what you believe in, even when they try to front. And rise above. Zach has sacrificed enough, so we gon' riot unless they release the Snyder Cut. The time has come for you to join the front lines with us. Fight for what you believe in, even when they try to front. The Snyder Cut is done. It exists. The Snyder Cut exists and it's up to WB. 
How'd you like it, Spencer? Spencer? Uh, I couldn't. What? What's going on? <laughs> He's like, there's no way that's actually the outro song. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> How'd you like it, buddy? Uh, uh, it was my first time, too. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the I, first minute. Um, That was just the first minute? No, no. I'm saying I listened to the first minute before we came. Oh. I love how that went for – that was like so brain-raping for Spencer that he thought five minutes was one minute. It's like <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those experiences that – takes place at a single moment in your mind and you're not really sure what to make of it. <laughs> um that oh shit, I just realized we forgot a story. Did you see Too late. It's too late. Oh, what? it's another it's another one of those like not necessarily a real story but it's a discussion story, you know what I mean? Todd Phillips was like throwing a fucking pissy fit about like the concept of like extended releases and like the the act of deleting a scene from a movie yeah like he he was talking about the whole um people were talking about the extended cut of joker and um he was like there are, there's no extended cut i didn't want one um i made the movie i wanted to make and like i get i, I get that right i don't get getting angry over it but like <laughs> he he got like he he released the movie that he wanted to release the one that he the the cut that he liked the best which is great. Um it just makes you really feel for uh for directors and artists out there who because of you know the big headed studios have to like shave things down and don't get their vision the way they want to see it on the big screen and what I'm really saying here is uh, hashtag #release the Snyder cut. 